Welcome to another edition of Sideline Sports. J.B. Ellis here. We got Jake Malik and John Shear. Special guest, Gary Smith, one of the two Jaguar beat writers of the Florida Times Union, who also is going to be covering the Players' Championship this weekend down in Florida. Well, Welcome to the, the show, Gary. Thank you very much. Uh, actually, what I'm covering is the Furick and Friends uh, to PJ Tour Champions event. Uh, yeah, Jim Furick who uh, I'm sure even casual golf fans know he's won 17 times, won a U.S. Open. Uh, he's the, the host for the uh, event. and the uh, But we have that and have the Players' Championship in March. So a, lot of, a lot of good golf down in uh, the Florida area. Yep. And Gary's definitely an expert on that. He's joining us tonight. But uh, let's start out with Urban Myers. <laughs> so, I mean, this is like the big story coming out of last weekend of the NFL. One of the biggest uh, Urban, stories of the year, probably. Yeah, I mean, Urban has not done well there. A lot of people behind the scenes are now saying he was the wrong hire for the job. Uh, how's the team responding? I know you're at every practice and very close to the team. How does it look so far down there? Well, the difficult thing about this is, you know, you guys probably know, the NFL still has not opened up its locker rooms to the media. And yeah. uh, we do not get players until um, – uh, we get Trevor. Trevor Lawrence will talk tomorrow in a news conference. I'm sure he's going to be he's going to get hit up with questions. And all other players, we get to uh, Thursday and Friday, and it's only in the last few weeks that we've gotten these guys anywhere close to a one-on-one situation where uh, we make requests and they bring them in after practice. From my understanding, is it's uh, kind of the case with all the NFL teams. So the problem with that is if you're trying to get somebody to be honest about what's going on within the team, within the meeting rooms, within the locker room, uh, when we get these guys, we've also got TV and radio. And it's not a huge media core in Jacksonville. We have uh, uh, three TV uh, stations, one newspaper, one radio station that actually covers anything on a regular basis. And that's pretty much it. This is not the New York media. So what's happening is a lot of the stuff that has been out there in the last couple of days about how the players feel, you're hearing from national guys who are tuned in to agents. And through the agents, they're hearing this. Michael Silver is an example. Look, there's a guy I respect. He's been with Sports Illustrated. And he seems to have the ear of uh, an agent or two or a player or two and you know, he's getting them outside the bounds of what we can do, let's say. Sure. And uh, it doesn't sound good. Uh, it, it sounds like, quite frankly, that the locker room has been lost to a certain extent. And, you know, can it be regained by Urban? Not quite sure. I do know this, that in training camp and then after the season started in numerous situations, we have been asked players – What do you think about the culture? What do you think about Urban? What do you think about the changes he's made? What do you think about uh, are his college ways kind of grading on a veteran? You know, the rookies and maybe even the second-year guys don't know any different because they're not that far removed from a college atmosphere. A guy like Trevor Lawrence, there's really not a whole lot of adjustment he's making to the way Urban Meyer does things because he's too used to the way Dabo Swinney does things. Uh, but when you get the veterans, I'd say anybody from about four to five years, 
and they all say the same thing. They 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 have a company line as well. We like Urban. He's a winner. He wants to win. Uh, he's trying to establish a culture. But in moments with people who are able to get a little bit different access, and mind you, none of these situations are the players being identified. It's just it's unidentified anonymous. players. Uh, and they're indicating that the locker room is uh, is right now a very difficult place for Urban to be in. And uh, I don't – and we're not going to find out for certain until we can get some of these players on Thursday and Friday and, and ask them in a somewhat one-on-one basis. Sure. I mean, speaking on Trevor Lawrence, he's had a – through four games, an okay season. Do you think from what you see at practice – being around the team, all of that, you think Urban Meyer was the right coach for him, or do you think he needed a guy that was used to being in the NFL? I'm not. I'm not saying a guy that's been there for 20 years. I'm saying even if it's just three, four years, it's in the NFL. He's been in that environment before. You think that would have been better for Trevor to have someone that is more adjusted, or is, or do you think it's better for him to be with a coach like Urban Meyer, who is still kind of learning to coach in the NFL as Trevor's learning to play in the NFL? Exactly. Possibly. Uh, I will add that the quarterback coach is Brian Schottenheimer, who's right. got an NFL background, and the offensive coordinator is Daryl Bevel, who's obviously got an NFL background. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Bevel is kind of one of the whipping boys for the fans right now because not everybody likes his play calling. Uh, but Trevor has gotten – he's obviously very influenced by Urban Meyer. And whenever Meyer said things like when he got the job, he indicated, I took this job because I want to have a chance to coach – Trevor Lawrence before he even drafted him. And uh, so that's, you know, that's a strong allure, I think, for a kid to sit back and say, this guy wanted this job because he wants to coach me. And I know what Urban Meyer, and you know, and, and Trevor Lawrence has gone against an Ohio, an Urban Meyer coach, Ohio State team. So he's familiar with them. But there's still been enough of an NFL influence from Bevel and Schottenheimer uh, that I think he's getting. Uh, both worlds. Now, is it healthy to have both worlds colliding there? I'm not sure about that. And you could make a case for saying maybe it should have been, I don't know, one way or the other. The one thing that we were impressed about Urban was, you know, this thing about, and the, the number of failures of college coaches, successful college coaches trying to make it the NFL is, is legendary. I mean, Spurrier, Saban, uh, you, you just, you know, go down the list and everything. Uh, Lou Holtz back, you know, back in the day, he came back to college after the NFL. Uh, the only college coaches that have succeeded in the NFL come straight from college and no other NFL background is Pete Carroll and Jimmy Johnson. I was going to say Pete Carroll was the one that yeah, came to mind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a couple of national championships between those guys. So, uh, you know, it, and Urban has brought a lot of college to this. He's, it's, it's, it's some rah-rah stuff. It's the having the assistant coach presiding over one-on-one drills, uh, like you know, pass coverage and saying, announcing that on a loudspeaker for the whole team to hear that the wide receiver or the quarterback won that drill or won that rep. Uh, you know, and we asked guys early on, are you comfortable with that? You know, especially if you lost the rep. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, yeah, we know what he's trying to do, and he's trying to establish a culture of, of competing uh, uh, not only just in games, but every single practice and every single rep. Uh, 
I, I think there's a, I think we're going to find out a little bit more on Thursday and Friday. When, like I said, when we actually it'll be first opportunity to get some of these guys aside other than other than Trevor. I mean, I I know I want I want to ask one more thing about the Urban Meyer situation because sure. it's big news. Um, we saw the statement from the ownership group, well, from uh, the owner himself, uh, Shad Khan. And my biggest question is: Do you think Urban Meyer should be fired or is going to be soon? Because I I don't I, I know it's you you know you want to try and keep personal stuff and the the game itself apart, but this is one of those scenarios where you really really can't. This is a really big deal what he did and it's not appropriate. And with the combination of what we're hearing about losing the locker room and, and the, the, not the great start, all of this just snowballs. You think there is, I mean, do you think from anything you've heard or anything you've seen that there might be a chance that I'm not saying right away, but within the next coming weeks, possibly, I mean, we're only four weeks into the season, but mm-hmm. you know, is it possible? Do you think? I'm sure there are owners that would have fired him by now. Yeah. Uh, That's why I asked that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's someone to fire him by now. You, you, the one thing to understand is that uh, uh, very, very wealthy, successful men do not like to admit they made mistakes. And even though they may be wealthy and successful in areas other than football, you know, Sean Khan, Daniel Snyder, Jimmy, Jimmy, or Jerry Jones. I'm going to say Jerry Jones know, is the perfect example, made, right? Yeah, they made a lot of money in other areas besides football. They haven't necessarily displayed any particular knowledge about football, but they sure as heck don't like to admit they made a mistake in anything. So uh, I, I think the statement that came out today indicated that Urban's got a little bit of leash in this. Uh, now, if we're going to find out whether he lost locker room on, on Sunday. They're playing Tennessee at home. Uh, it's Tennessee has developed into the Jaguars' main rival. Uh, you know, you got Derrick Henry coming back. To Jackson, as he does, comes back to his hometown once once a year. Uh, interesting thing about the way the Jaguars defend Derrick Henry is, in one of the games they'll hold him to fifty yards, and in the other game he'll gain two fifty. It's it's kind of weird about that. And sometimes it's away, and sometimes it's home. You never know quite uh, what's going to happen there. But if 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 they come down here and and Derrick Henry uh, gets two hundred yards and Tennessee wins forty one to seven, especially coming off. Uh, how bad they looked against the Jets. Uh, I'd say that Monday or Tuesday, you you just you might not know. I, I I think very well well very well may spell Urban's end here, uh, and then I think you might see. Matter of fact, that's this is the gallows humor that we have in media rooms. We were debating the other day about who's going to be the interim coach, and I think the the, the smart money was on Bevel. That's what I was going to guess, yeah. So. So I uh, am curious if there's any saving the relationship between the ownership front office and Urban. Um, I know winning solves everything, but if they don't win this year, if they go, if they win two or three games, is there any fit like fixing that relationship or is that too far gone? Before last week, the narrative starting to, you started to hear a lot. Well, Jimmy Johnson went one of 15 in his first year with the Cowboys. So you could uh, you could have that kind of uh, you know patience level, perhaps, uh, but that was another era. That was that was a long time ago. That was more that was around twenty years ago, uh, actually around thirty years ago. So uh, you know we don't know. Sean Conn has demonstrated a level of patience with his coaches. Gus Bradley 
had to have just an absolute abhorrent record over a five-year period before he got fired. Uh, Shad Khan gave Doug Marone another year after he won five games and six games. Uh, so he has, you know, shown that he has some patience. But what you're talking about in this situation is unlike, you know, Gus Bradley and Doug Marone did not combine losing with the kind of baggage that we saw from Urban over the weekend. So I think that may change things. Now, going, getting back to what happened over the weekend, is it common in the NFL with the Thursday night games for coaches or players to not travel back with the team? Now, I asked that question. It's not common for coaches, not at all. Uh, and, and, you know, I, nobody – and I ask around. Uh, matter of fact, there's a former uh, Jaguars communications official now working for the PGA Tour, and I talked to him, you know, today, and, and he said he just – he had not heard – and let's say two scenarios, a Thursday night game on the road, a Sunday night, a Sunday game on the road where the team has a bye week the following week. There have been instances where players have been allowed to make uh, their own travel plans or to stay behind. Uh, let's just say the Jaguars had a road game against the Dolphins or the Bucks or the Falcons. They're, they got a bye and maybe some guys, that's their hometown. Maybe they're hmm. from Tampa, maybe they're from Miami. And they say, yeah, some guys have been allowed to kind of stay behind, visit with family. They're going to have the next four days off anyway. And uh, But uh, nobody can remember a scenario where a coach has not flown back with his team. It's almost like, you know, especially after a loss, it's almost like you're the captain of the ship. you got to be there through thick and thin. And the, the reasoning we were given is that Urban stayed behind and his wife both stayed behind to visit their grandchildren, live with his, they live with his daughter in Columbus. And he's also got the sports bar that he owns, sports bar, steakhouse. It's kind of, I think it's kind of both. And, uh, and that sounds okay. It sounds like, okay, I'm going to stay behind. We're not going to have any meetings with the players. You'd think that a head coach in the NFL would want to attack the film the next day and, and, and meet with the staff, but it's okay. He was stay there and visit with the grandkids. And that Friday night, he was out to dinner with his wife and the grandkids. But he went from having dinner with his grandkids and his wife. They leave, and he goes from that point to what's being displayed in that video. The same night, within a short amount of time. I'm not quite sure what the timeline would have been. I don't think it was 10 minutes after they left. Could have been. We don't know. Uh but that's the thing that a lot of people are having trouble getting their head around. The idea of staying behind to visit your grandkids is great. You went out there and you went and visited your grandkids. You had dinner with your grandkids and other family members. They left, and whatever time later that same night, you are displaying the conduct that was displayed in that video. I mean, even if even if his I'm family having a left, problem with that. Even myself. if his family left Friday. It doesn't make it better because if anything, that might make it worse that he stayed behind for almost you know twenty four hours, and then on a Saturday you're goes using out and your does that. grandchildren and your wife as an yeah. alibi I to mean, go and do that. Yeah, like, and the you, thing is, the thing is, this it's not a difficult flight to get back from Jacksonville to Columbus or Cincinnati. It's really not. Uh, yeah. I, I think we even may there may even be a nonstop on uh, on JetBlue from Jacksonville to Columbus, if I'm not mistaken. So it, it's not we're not talking about going across country here. Right, it's an it's hour not like and a half. Going flight. from New York to California, you're going. Yeah, you're you know you're not going nearly as far. You're right. Yeah, exactly. It just, 
And it, you know, it's, I, I very much agree with John. It's fine if you say, I'm going to visit this family, but then you do that. And even if you visited your family, it just puts immediately into question, was there an ulterior motive the entire time? Was this something you wanted to do because you don't care about your team as much? You want to go out and have fun and do whatever, or you know, it just it puts those kind of questions in your mind. I feel like, and that's well, and, and guys, that's a problem. You know, and and thing is, use your head. You own the doggone restaurant. Isn't there some private room that you and your boys could have gone right. to, and and right. and had all the drinks and the food delivered back there? And if you know, you know, come on. <laughs> and, and at least then, you know what? Nobody knows about it. You went and you hung out with some friends. Is all they know. You had food and your own restaurant with your friends. They know nothing more, but, nothing less. And it doesn't look great, but it could, it doesn't cert, it certainly doesn't look as bad as, as it does right now. I mean, yeah. if, if, if the story is urban Meyer didn't go to be with the team, he was with some friends at his own restaurant. Is it a good story? No, but is it as bad as what it is now? Absolutely not. It's you're right. It's, it's, it's far better. It still looks bad on him. Of course it does not going back with his team looked bad in and of itself. I think, and I think we could kind of all agree it wasn't necessarily the best move, at least in our opinions, probably. But at least then, if he's doing those things, all right, he's not doing anything necessarily inappropriate as far as we know. But instead, the story is completely spun in a different direction, all because exactly like you said, he just, just didn't even think about it, I guess. He just didn't mm-hmm. think to say, oh, let's go get a private room or or take it somewhere else where nobody will see me. Yeah, And it comes, it comes after arguably one of their better games. They were in the game. You know, the whole night they had the lead at the half. They played really good football watching the game. A couple of mistakes here or there, but probably the best they played all season. You know, and you leave your team and then you go and do that. It makes you wonder about, you know, all the stops before this. In Florida and Ohio State with the problems that Urban's had, you know, is there some credibility to these issues that he's had? And now he's in the NFL where it's not as forgiving because you're talking about billions of dollars. You know, and he's put... Mr. Khan in a bad position. He's put the team in a bad position. And that's, that's not what you want out of your leadership. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, he's in the NFL where the coaches don't dominate the program the same way that a college coach like an Urban Meyer or a Nick Saban do. Uh, the, the players have more sway in situations. Uh, you know, the uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a different animal. And I'm not sure Urban has completely learned that. Uh, you know, he is, he's not the dominant force, not the dominant personality uh, uh, in that program. And I think he's struggling with that. Yeah. And I mean, talk about struggling. It's a couple of weeks ago now, I think, uh, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this was the quote he said was um, playing in the NFL is like playing Alabama every week. Yeah. And I, and, I thought, and that concerns I thought that me when I heard insight, that. I, th- I thought that was a pretty insightful quote and I thought it was, it was, to tell you the truth, it was great for him to have admitted that. You know, it, it, right. it goes back to that old Buddy Ryan thing when Jimmy Johnson came into the league and Buddy was at the Eagles, and Buddy said there ain't no East Carolinas in the NFL. Right. And, you know, and, and, and Urban, Urban, he knows it now. I'm pretty sure he already did know it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's, he's right about that. There is not a single game that can right. ever be taken for granted. Yeah. Whereas if you're Ohio State, you're opening the season with Toledo. You can skate that Absolutely. Win. <laughs> I, I think what's most important, and I'm sure you'll agree, if he's saying that's how he feels, then it's really concerning that he's going out and doing the things that he's doing. Because if he feels playing against other teams, you know, coaching against other teams in the NFL 
is that difficult? Why are you spending your time away from your team if you need to really prepare? Because if he had to prepare for an Alabama game when he was in college, you know he's yeah. got to prepare a lot because he knows he's playing a good team. If he feels like every team is that caliber, then why on earth are you not with your team? And that's the you know, one of the other questions that now I'm like, okay, why is he not with his team though? I don't understand that because if he yeah. feels well, it's so difficult, it, what's he doing? It, in all fairness, his team was cut loose as soon as they got back to Jacksonville and they weren't, they weren't in the building until Monday. However, that's just the players. Again, as you said, on Friday morning, I can't believe that there wasn't a staff meeting Friday morning. Yeah. Even if, yeah, even if it's just your staff, I agree. I mean, even if you just say, Hey guys, we got to fix X, Y, and Z. It's, I mean, Urban's Urban's got a cot in his office. the Jaguars, the Jaguars uh, tweeted that picture early on in training camp. He's got a cot in his office, and I and I and I've been in there, and there's a private shower, and a private bathroom, and it's actually pretty good. I mean, you know, it's it's better than my first apartment. So, you know, <laughs> you're just giving so, more and more reason that uh, to make him look bad, and that's okay. I mean, you're you're just raising the point that he could easily just be at the office putting in a lot of work if he really, I get. I mean, I hate to say it, but if he really cared enough and I, I, I don't mean to say that he doesn't care, but things like this make you start to think maybe maybe he doesn't or maybe and it seems like the cons are extremely yeah. accommodating yeah. to try and help their coaches succeed. Yeah. So Yeah, no, I agree. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. So, I mean getting getting off Urban Meyer for a second, one of the things, you know, the Jags have had the last couple of weeks, they've got to get some great quarterbacks. The week before you got to see Kyler Murray. So what's your overall impression of uh, his progression and him being talked about in the MVP race this year? Oh, uh, I, I, I remain astounded by the fact. I thought that that was a gimmick draft pick. I thought that was not going to work. I thought you, you, you and, and again, I thought you had a college coach coming in there, even though, even though Cliff had had some NFL experience, but uh, I just didn't like the pick whatsoever when they made it. And, uh, you know, now we're into the third year of that, and this guy is is absolutely playing lights out. Uh, you, you know, they had some patience with him. They designed some things to accommodate for the fact that he's only five foot ten. Uh, you know, he's he's not he's keeping plays alive, but there's not a whole lot of there's not as many designed runs. You know, as as uh, they might have had before that. Uh, and he's got a way better arm than you'd ever think for somebody five foot ten. I, I think that's what floors people is when you're kind of shorter, you get this stigma that, uh, okay, Drew Brees didn't, you know, not a great arm. Theismann didn't have a great arm. Tarkenton didn't have a great arm. Uh, you know, Gardner Minshew, who is here for as many good things as Gardner Minshew did, he did not have a great arm. But I think Kyler Murray, of all the quarterbacks below six feet in NFL history, except for possibly Montana, uh, Kyler Murray's got the strongest arm out of any of them. And they have they have given him an awful lot of weapons. I mean, he's got those receivers. Jacksonville kind of patting themselves on the back a couple of weeks ago because they kind of held uh, DeAndre Hopkins relatively in check. Christian Kirk was in the meantime running the slot guy, and the Jaguars have had problems with slot receivers this year. They really have. They'll put uh, Shaquille Griffin uh, out there and have him travel with the best receiver, but then. The slot guy's getting free, as Christian Kirk did a couple of times here. So I, I was 
you know, really, really impressed with the Cardinals and the way they're using Kyler Murray right now. All right. So we've been through four weeks. I want to ask, because we're talking about Kyler Murray, and I, I think I know what JB would pick for this question, and it might be Kyler Murray for this question. Through four weeks of this NFL season, who is your MVP? I know it's super early, and I know, you know, we've got plenty of football to be played, but if you had to pick an MVP right now through four weeks, who is your guy? Well, you know, we're at the quarter poll, so I don't think it's too early to to start speculating about that. Uh, you can make a case for Derrick Henry, although his team is, uh, you know, has lost a couple of games that they have. If you're the type of person who thinks that, you know, it's got to be the dominant quarterback in the uh, in the league, uh, I, I think that Justin Herbert's got a chance to be in the conversation. Obviously, Kyler's got a chance to be in a conversation. I think that, uh, you know, Tom Brady's going to be in that conversation from start to finish. Of course. Uh, and he won a you know pretty good game the other night. That was that was classic uh, uh, Brady, where he, he he didn't really do anything overwhelming or dominant, but he found a way to win the game. And if, if we're sitting at the end of the season and he's you know they're fourteen and three, uh, thir- you know thirteen and four, then uh, you know I think he's I think he's most definitely in there. Uh, the uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, what do you guys think about Matt Stafford? I mean, is I was he... going to say, no Matt Stafford love. Where's yeah? Uh, where's, I was, where's I my was, boy? He's my he's my Matt dark horse pick this year. But I kind of hesitate because Matt Stafford is going to he's going to be, you know, is he going to be the Matt Stafford or is he going to break your heart eventually? Is he going, you know, is he going to do that, Matt? Uh, James Winston, the same thing. I remember, you know, the Saints and the Packers played here because they had they got chased out by yep. the hurricane. And Jameis Winston was just absolutely, you know, he he you know, he didn't throw much, but five touchdown passes. It was efficient. That's and I covered was. Jameis when he was in college, and I told somebody, I said, just wait. You play Jameis Winston long enough, he's going to break your heart. And he's had a couple of, you know, <laughs> Mediocre a couple games. of tough games. But, yeah, right. I, I'm glad you bring that up. You know, Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford, maybe 1A and 1B. Okay. I'll, I'll throw it to you guys. What do you guys think? JB, John? I mean, this so- is a discussion for all. Right now, Kyler Murray and Josh Allen are my two. Okay, John, what do you think? I mean, I'd have to go with Matt Stafford. I mean, after he the way he beat the Buccaneers, um, I'm not going to knock him for losing to the Cardinals. The whole team was sloppy. The game plan was sloppy. But uh, they went and beat the Bucs how they did, so I have to go Matt Stafford. I would have to go Kyler, and I, I kind of agree with Gary. It's 1A, 1B, Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford. But, man, Kyler Murray has just played so well. I mean – and I, I know I said Matt Stafford's my dark horse you know, before the season began, and I'm not changing my opinion on that. I still believe that, that that's a valid pick, but, man, Kyler Murray has just looked so good. And If Joe, if like, Joe Burrow has a few more games like he played in the second half the other night, yeah, he's in there. And, and there's another guy that I, I don't like saying because I'm a Giants fan and it's going to pain me to say it, but I think we can all agree Dak Prescott should be in this conversation as well. Man, he's he looked, looked he's he's looked really he's looked good. impressive. As I a mean, Giants fan, he's been impressive. Yeah. I mean, look, I I am not gonna be a fan of Dak Prescott as a Giants fan. That's just the nature of the way you know, of, of being a fan. But he has been not only has he looked good, he's been very efficient. In week four against the Panthers, only threw 22 times. He didn't even break 200 yards, but man, was he efficient. He threw for four touchdowns. He only, you know, he had 14 of 22 on uh, on the on the game, 
that is sometimes it's not about throwing for 500 yards. Sometimes it's just get your completions, score, drive, and that's what they did. And that's what he did. He kept drives alive. He played really well. And man, I don't like him. And I'll 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 say that to the day I die. I do not like Dak Prescott. I remember when he entered the league, I said, I don't know how he's going to be. You know, I I didn't see the hype at first. He has come back and he's playing super well. I do feel like he deserves to be in the conversation, even though maybe he's not putting up games like Kyler Murray every week where he's throwing for a lot of yards and being efficient and scoring a lot of touchdowns. But he's playing very well. And I think at the very least, even if he's not uh, you know, MVP, he's definitely comeback player of the year through four weeks, no question. Without a doubt. No question on that. No question. And I got to say, the other award that I would hand out right now, and again, it's only through four weeks, most improved player. I don't think it's even a question for me. Sam Darnold all day. I would love to hear your guys' picks. I, I, I'm happy to hear you. But through four weeks, Sam Darnold has been probably the most vastly improved player, in my opinion. He went from what I would have said probably a zero on the Jets, and he's kind of looking like a hero. I mean, he's looking he's looking really good. I'm, I'm very impressed. So, um, Gary, well, change, JB. Change of scenery is all you need sometimes. Yeah. I mean, JB, John. Does it shock anybody that he left the Jets and he's playing good football? I mean, think about where he was. The, the Jets, for whatever reason, can't do anything right. They are they, – they try and do everything the right way. It just never works out for them. I, I don't know. There's not much more I could say about that. And I feel bad for Darnold that he wasted all that those years in New York. Yeah. And uh, I'm just mm-hmm. happy to see that we're, we're seeing what he really can be. I mean, this is proof that he's a good quarterback. And it was just – it was the Jets – I mean, I would have to probably go with Joe Burrow. Um, the team struggled really bad last year, and then he had his injury. And the way he's able to come back, and aside from the Chicago game, he's looked relatively good. And the team is playing really well. So I would probably have to go with Joe Burrow. Um, we know he's not going to get a lot of love in that category because he was a top pick. But so Sam coming off of an injury and the way the team struggled last well, that would year. Be, now, for me, that would be comeback, not improved. But but he has improved. I mean, he did struggle yeah. in a lot of areas last year. I know he's Joe Burrow, so he's probably not going to get talked about like that. But he did struggle, and he's looked a lot better this year. And coming not off wrong. of an injury, how, how you're able to um, not let that affect you for the most part, I'm impressed. I agree. All right. Anything else? So, JB? so four, four weeks in, are, are we worried in Kansas City right now? No. Not one bit. Not at all? No, no it's a it's a lo- it's longer se- it's it's one week longer season. So, you know, I I think they'll be there. I'll, I think they'll be there in December. I I completely agree. I mean, I mean Tyreek Hill's already had two 180 yard plus games in four yeah, games. So four games. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Look, this the truth is the, the team is exactly what we expected. Defensively, they're not really anything special. They're average at best. Offensively, they are just lighting it up. That's, that's just what Kansas city is expected and that's fine. And and I'm not worried about them. I mean, I think they, they'll be completely fine. I mean, they just, they, they played some good teams. They, they played playoff teams in, in three of their four mashups. I mean, chiefs, chiefs played the Browns Ravens. And I think the Chargers will be a potential playoff team this year. So that's, I believe three playoff or potential playoff teams, at least. And the Eagles, I mean, with that division, you never know what's going to happen. 
So they I mean, if Edward, terrible teams. I mean, the first if Edward Tellaire doesn't put the ball on the ground, yeah, and if if Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw a no look interception near the red zone, guess what? Those games are probably different. The Chiefs are probably You're four right. and zero. So you know, right. you also got to look at the context of that. That's also very true. But I'm, I mean, if you even if you just completely ignore context, they played good teams. They played, they played tough teams that played them well. And unless they get defensive help, I mean, that's going to be their Achilles heel, but we knew that it would be. I mean, well, I don't the think Chiefs, anybody denied that. I thought the Chiefs made a mistake letting Damian Wilson go because he he was a toughness factor with them that, they, that, that I think they're lacking. And he's played well for the Jaguars. Uh, he could have been playing better if he hadn't had to cover Miles Jack's butt so often because Miles is missing some tackles. And, you know, I like Miles Jack. He's a good guy. He's a good quote when, when we do get to talk to him. He makes some plays and everything, but, you know, he, he misses tackles. He over-pursues, takes bad angles sometimes. And the great thing about the 3-4 is now Damian Wilson's kind of there to, to cover for him a little bit. Sure. Uh, but, you know, that's that's got to get better for the Jaguars. As Miles Jack has got to get better for them to do anything. The other thing is, real quick, going back to them, is is – their best pass rusher over the last three years is Josh Allen when he, when he hasn't been injured. And in the three, four, Joe Cullen keeps dropping him to covers a little bit more than he should. Uh, they got to just, I, I think a, a third of his snaps the other night, he dropped into coverage. And uh, I think you're better off dropping Caleb on chasing in there because I think he's a little bit lighter, a little bit faster. And that's a guy and just, just rush Josh Allen. That's what he does. Quit overthinking this, and I think that's what I think they're doing that right now. Now, with getting back to the Chiefs, you're not concerned with their lack of offensive line and that defense that anybody could put up points on. I mean, I mean, Holmes is great, and the offense when they block for him can put up points, but that offensive line is decimated. Yeah, and they didn't get any better, did they, from late last year? No, no. I mean, they added Joe Thune. They added. Brown from the Ravens. They did add pieces. They got uh, the doctor. I forget his name. I can't say his name, but they got him back. Yes, he was out. What are you talking about? Yeah, they got him back because he opted out last year. So they did get a lot of pieces back. They revamped the line. It's just the line isn't playing quite what they had hoped they would. That's hey, fellas, I heard something interesting the other day about offensive lines, and it was a critique uh, from a national radio guy about the Jaguars line. But hey, point nobody's offensive line has looked really good. You could take. Anybody, any team in the NFL right now, pick their first games apart and find some flaws in the offensive line. And the issue was that he was stating, I thought it was very interesting, is that they're getting so little contact. Three preseason games now. Yeah. Everybody's being careful. Everybody's babying their stars. Uh, they're not really hitting until the season starts. And this guy's opinion was, in a lot of the film he's seen, that nobody's everybody's offensive line is at least rusty, even the good ones. And, and of course, the bad ones are really bad. Uh, I wonder what you think about that in terms of not as much contact in training camp. I don't completely disagree. Okay. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's something that we all really, I mean, the three of us, we talked about this before the season started that I think we all kind of in some way agreed that once teams got out there, they'd be a little bit behind, just just a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying they were going to be completely terrible, but they'd be a little bit behind because they get less reps. The way they they, they manage the preseason is a little different now because it's three games and not four. 
Uh, and like I said, it's less reps. So I'm not totally surprised personally, just because, I mean, I expected it to be they need a little extra time to adjust because they had less reps, like I said, and um, you know, just less games in general to even just be out there. Which is interesting because the NFL has all, got all these rules to protect the quarterback, and they want to make sure that the stars, you know, the quarterbacks, are still upright. But, you know, they've limited the number, the, 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 the preparation for the guys who are supposed to take care of the quarterback. Yeah. We haven't seen this. I mean, I can't remember the last time we saw this many marquee matchups in the first four plus weeks of the season. We've had a lot of really good marquee matchups, which we don't yeah. typically have at the beginning of the year. Normally it's Bills and Jets starting the season, but it's been Bills, Steelers, a lot of teams with a lot of really good defenses. So it's been a, it's been more challenging, I think, for these offensive lines going up against better teams in these marquee matchups. Yeah, this is also true. It's a, it's a good point. All right, JB, do you have any <laughs> other bears. questions? She mentioned the Bears. <laughs> well, the offensive line play, well, not this week, last week was horrible. One passing yard. I mean, they that was game planning. That was game planning, man. I told you. <laughs> oh, that was well. Horrible. This week was Deach. I mean, last week was Detroit. So, I mean, yeah. you know, you're a. What you're are the really... Bears for, you know, offensive? What's their offensive line for real when they play an actual team? This is true. All right. Anybody got any more questions? Any Anything? Um, nothing else on the NFL. So, Gary, tell us a little bit about the um, tournament down by you this week. What's happening? Well, they got the PGA Tour champions in, in uh, Jacksonville. It's at an old-school Donna Ross course called the Timaquana Country Club. It's a 98-year-old golf course. They've never had a high-level game. It's kind of like the old money golf course in Jacksonville. Uh, it, it's in a, a section of town right across the river from downtown. Uh, it's not at the beach, not in Ponte Vedra, where the PGA Tour headquarters is, where the TPC Sawgrass is. And uh, uh, Jim Furyk is the is the tournament host. I think what's happening is you get to have a certain status in golf. And it started with Jack and Arnold, where they had their own tournaments. And you got Davis Love has got his tournament at Sea Island, and Jim Furyk has got his. And, and Tiger has got that off-season event uh, in, in, uh, in the Bahamas and the, uh, he was more or less, he's, and he's the host of at Riviera. Uh, but, uh, this tournament is, uh, 20 years ago, if the player championship had this field, they'd be popping champagne courts. We've got Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, uh, Retief Goose and Colin Montgomery, obviously Jim Furyk and it's, uh, nine hall of famers. 21 major champions uh, out of a field of 81 uh, guys, and it's it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. It'll start on Friday, uh, be on the Golf Channel every day, and uh, uh, Fred Couples is in it. That's another one there. I think it's been it's been fun to catch up because I've been covering golf in this area for 25 years, and the last couple of days, you know, I've been able to you know guys who had left the PGA Tour and went to the Champions Tour full time, and and you know we're 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 playing a little catch up ball, so to speak. And uh, it's 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 been fun. The uh, course is going to favor a guy who can play the ball around the greens. It's got these push-up greens. It's kind of like Pinehurst. If anybody's familiar with Pinehurst, and uh, you know, I think Phil is going to be the favorite in whatever tournament he plays in on the Champions Tour. But if he drives a crooked, he's going to have some problems uh, uh, on this course. But it, it it's 
it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get Phil uh, in the media room tomorrow. We're going to get Jim Furyk in there, and uh, uh, it'll be a nice uh, uh, be a nice fall. Uh, uh, hopefully, tradition in this area. We haven't had the Champions Tour in the home of the PGA Tour for 19 years. Last time they had no. the Legends of Golf here, and uh, uh, we've had the Players Championship in um, May. Now it's back to March. And we have a tournament up a sea island about an hour and a half north of here in Georgia in, in uh, November. So uh, really, kind of looking forward to this. So, so we're looking at looking how the PGA has progressed, and I, I want to see what you think about this with the young guys coming in, the Deschambeaus, uh, and a whole bunch of other young guys. Now, are we attributing all that to Tiger Woods and Phil, Phil Mickelson, or just Tiger? And what has the PGA been doing to to keep progressing the game, to keep getting it younger. I, I think absolutely the Tiger has an influence here because these are the guys who Tiger – it's been 25 years since Tiger won his first PGA Tour event. So wow. these guys in the late 20s and early 30s have grown up with watching Tiger in his prime. And the one thing that he taught them is that uh, you can be a golfer and a good athlete. And they saw that Tiger worked out and uh, not so much Phil maybe – uh, but you know, these guys, you know, DeChambeau obviously is, is a workout warrior. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think it's helped him as much as he probably thinks it does. Uh, but Kepka is, looks like an athlete, you know, Justin Thomas looks like an athlete, John Rotten, of course, John Rahm, I think is eating a little bit too good these days, but he can still, you know, he can still hit the ball a little bit, but you're right about the young stars. All you had to do is look at the Ryder Cup and see what the future of golf is. This year's Ryder Cup team for the United States was the first time in Ryder Cup history that they did not have a player in their 40s on the team. Wow. Think about that right there. So that's 12 guys who are going to be playing this event for a long time. Of course, they're also going to be playing the majors, the players. They're going to be dominating for a long time. And Europe, even though they didn't play very well, they're going to be a young team. And you look at the guys, uh, you know, John Rahm, for example, the world's number one player, uh, you know, I, I think that who knows how much Tiger is going to play. I talked to his agent at the Players' Championship, and, and they talked about right now they were just trying to get Tiger back to the point where he could walk his kids to soccer practice or walk with his kids on the beach, you know, and, and, and golf is not really part of the picture right now. Uh, it, it's such a long rehab process for them. Essentially, Tiger's ankle – was broken into about a million pieces Oof. is what happened there. So who knows how long that's, that's going to come back. Uh, but I think the game is being left in very, very good hands. And I think also the deal is, does anybody have the, 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 uh, the Q factor that Tiger does? Does anybody have that charisma? Well, maybe not any one guy, but if you combine Brooks and DeChambeau have a nice little robbery. You combine Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas, I'm hoping for Ricky to make a comeback and start playing well because I had an NBC yeah. executive tell me one time that the best thing for golf would be Ricky to start winning majors. And, you know, he he was the guy who came the closest to having Tiger's kind of charisma on that and everything. So uh, it, it's it's going to be a uh, – it's going to be Tiger by committee. Like I said, not one guy who's got his game, his charisma – but there, man, there are about 15 really good players out there. And do you think that the PGA could have done a better job of 
you know, hyping up the Kepka DeChambeau kind of battle to kind of get some more publicity from it, to maybe just bring the outside person that hasn't paid attention to golf since Tiger's not been as good lately. Yeah, they, their tendency, of course, you know, these guys are independent contractors. Uh, by legal definition, the PGA Tour is a 501c6 trade organization. It exists to set up business opportunities, i.e. tournaments, for their members, which are the players. The tour works for the players, not the other way around. The tour provides guidance. They've got uh, the bylaws. You know, they kind of, they're, they're administrators, supposedly. So historically, the culture isn't there to get involved in something like that. They let the players decide what they want to do in, in regards to that. But you do have a good point. Yes, they can, especially in this age of social media, and they've got a younger, just like anything is getting younger, the tour communication staff and their marketing department are, you know, are getting younger all the time. And I think that there's some people chomping at the bit to do exactly what you said to maybe help this drive a little bit more interest in a tour. You know, NASCAR doesn't do anything to discourage robberies. As you know, to the point, I don't think the tour would ever uh, put up with Brooks and and Bryson exchanging blows on the 18th green. But, you know, NASCAR doesn't really get their panties in a wad if a couple of drivers <laughs> decide they're going to throw down on the track. Sure. You know, it, yeah. no, you know, no publicity is bad publicity. For, well, you know, all publicity, bad publicity is good publicity for NASCAR. I don't think the tour is going to go to that extreme, but I, I, I think you may see uh, exactly what you just said, that kind of thing emphasized and maybe well, – exploited you know for it's, what it's worth for, it's funny for more attention it's funny you guys are talking about this because actually today you know did either of you hear what was announced today yeah they're uh, gonna have the match they're gonna have a match between kepka and DeShambo on november 26th so not only are they trying to now capitalize it funny enough we're talking about oh should they capitalize it well it looks like they are and more importantly they're doing it i think at a really great time yeah thanksgiving weekend i mean I, I feel like that's a really good time trying and to by advertise the way, it during the football games on Thanksgiving. Yeah, by I mean, the, the the tour has to sign off on matches like that. They have right. to. The players have to get a waiver from right. the tour to add that, and the tour is not going to tell them no. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, the, the tour may not lift much of its marketing muscle to to uh, really emphasize. They're going to let they're going to let uh, uh, Turner Sports sure carry that, but. Yeah, they're going to sit back and rake in the interest and the hits. I was going to say, that's going like to be that. great for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. Great move. Genius. I mean, it's funny how you say, oh, you know, what do you think about, you know, taking advantage as well? Somebody is. I mean, it wasn't the tour, but they're going to reap the benefits regardless. I mean. I mean, well, yeah, think about originally smart. with Tiger. When Tiger was doing well, yes, golf was popular. But when Phil was battling Tiger, it became even bigger. Because everybody needs a ride. Always about the storylines. It's more fun that way. Yeah. Well, the Yankees are great and the Red Sox stink, and there's no other nobody else in the American League that's good. It's not as much fun. It's more fun when they're both good and they're fighting at each other or or when the whole division's good. Absolutely. Why do you think it's interesting? It was not good for college football when Notre Dame got really bad under Charlie Weiss. That just was not good for college football. Yeah, I mean, why do you why, why do you think the NFC East is so boring to most people? Because there's only like one, maybe if you want to try and say two good teams. The Giants stink. Washington's really not great. The Cowboys are 
definitely the best team, I would say, by a long shot right now. And the Eagles, if you want to argue they're good, I could try and see the argument, at least offensively they're good. But even still, I don't know if I'd really call them that good. The Cowboys are the clear favorite. It's a boring division. Why do you think people make fun of it all the time? Because the team stink. It's not fun when everybody's, you know, on that same level of, of being bad. It's it's not, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's competitive, sure. But it's competitive and not in a good way because it's so, they're so bad that it's competing to who can be the worst. Nobody, yeah. you know, nobody wants to watch who's going to be the worst. It's not fun. Hey, Ollie needed Frazier and Sugar Ray needed uh, uh, Hagler and Hearns. And it's it just people people got it. There's got to be a good guy, and a bad guy, and this sometimes that can switch. But this is very exactly you're exactly right. That's what drives uh, our interest. Absolutely. I mean, it's all about the storylines always. That's 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 what makes it fun. JB or John? Yeah. What do you got? Anything else? Yeah, John. Anything? No. Um, I'm just excited to see Kepka and uh, DeChambeau face off i mean that's what everybody wants to see that's yeah. that's what we've all been waiting for i mean that's the thing that's going to drive golf right now so yeah i mean uh, that's what we're all waiting on i i admit whenever they have capital one you know the match whenever they do any of those doesn't matter who's playing i find myself watching it not because i'm a real fan of golf because they make a spectacle out of it and that's that's really the way to do it because i, I recall i want to say earlier this year uh was the brady and Rogers and I think Mickelson was playing. There was a couple of guys, and you know they had a match. And I think, if I remember correctly, Charles Barkley had a, had one of those where you know Capital won the match and he was in it. When they enter, when they do those, it's entertaining to me because you hear the guys talking to each other, you hear them interacting, you're watching golf, and it's more than just watching guys go play golf. There's an experience to it. So I am really hoping they do you know mic'd up stuff. Because I feel like for me, at least as a casual golf watcher where, you know, if something big is going on, I might flip it on or check it out. I feel like that's really the way to drive people is because the more entertaining you, you make it like a story, you make it more public, you know, more open to the public, if you will, you know, more of a general interest. That's how you're going to drive people in. And I hate to say it, but golf needs they, – they need all the viewers they can get because I know we make fun of baseball for uh, – not really advertising well or promoting their players well. And it's kind of a dying league, right, John? I mean, I hate to say, but we kind of say that often, right? We, we all say that golf is not doing much better. I don't feel like at least in my experience that I, you know, I don't see like, Oh, it's blowing up like the NFL and I, I don't see, and even the NBA. So these kind of things for me, I think are, are genius. They are not only are they, uh, you know, great for making money for them. It's great for promotion and, and gaining new fans because honestly, these kinds of matches are what me get me a little bit more interested, at least in golf, just a little bit. Well, golf's in a tough predicament because the regular rules of golf don't conform to what is exciting to today's audience. This is true. So, you know, you're not going to see a regular tournament where you're going to have you know people start cheering or the players start talking to each other during the middle of the match like they do for right. the Capital One thing or they do on the Turner events. So it, they're in a tough spot because they want to keep the game pure, which I understand. Agreed. You know, but golf is a gentleman's time, sports. That's it's a gentleman's yeah. sport. That's always what it's been and always what it will be. It's not like the NFL where celebration, even though now taunting is a terrible rule, celebration and, and intensity are are known, and that's what it's, it's expected. You're right. It's not it's not built to be this exciting, uh, you know, rah rah kind of uh, event. It's supposed to be just 
relaxed. So, I, I agree. And there's something to watching a guy make a great shot. Uh, I'll be right. honest with you. I was never into golf until I started doing the fantasy golf, the daily fantasy. Before that, I knew nothing about golf. <laughs> I started doing that, started picking up who the different players were, you know, learning about the different courses. And you know what? It's an interesting sport. Before that, I watched the Absolutely. Masters, you know, right. or casual you know, viewing. Uh, yeah, but after that, I sort of learned about the Waste Management Classic and, you know, all these different courses. I'm like, Waste Management Classic? <laughs> all right. But anyway. <laughs> No, I got I in trouble with the I got in trouble with the tour when I called that the Tony Soprano Open. <laughs> nice. That was that was that was 15 years ago. I, I think I think the current commissioner Jay Monahan, who's a little bit younger and a little bit more hip, I think I think he would uh, appreciate that. That's the way That's you got to move great. things. Like I said, you gotta gotta keep it entertaining. That's truthfully the way you got to go. So I love that comment. Though. That's very funny. I like that. Well, but fellas, I mean, it's, it's been really great. Uh, Great to be on. I'm, I really thank you for having me. I'm going to have yeah. to move on here. No worries. But, things uh, I thank you do. for thank you for joining us. Yeah, especially sure last minute, we contacted you early today. But how can people follow you at uh, the Florida uh, Times Union? Jack, uh, it's the Florida Times Union, Jacksonville.com. Uh, pretty easy to remember. My uh, Twitter handle is G Smitter, G S M I T T E R, and uh, uh, that's pretty much the only social media I have. Uh, you know, old guy. I, I, I don't. I don't. I haven't done the Instagram thing or the uh, Snapchat. And you're not missing much. That Snapchat gets you in trouble, though, right? Apparently, <laughs> ask Urban Meyer; he'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hi, fellas. Thanks very much, and and, and uh, uh, let me know if I can help you anytime. Yes, Gary, we appreciate it, much. Gary. Have a great thank night. You. It was a pleasure. All right, see you. Great interview. Another great one. I love it, and I got to tell you, love the timeliness with this Urban Meyer stuff, and I love the insight. Love that. That made me. I got to say, very happy. It's nice when you can get somebody on that covers the team and that is on the boots on the ground. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Where, where we, unfortunately, none of us are in Jacksonville, so we're not there the, the on a day-to-day -day basis. Is, the closest we have is Alex, and that's about it. I mean – Yeah, and I mean, even though he covers the Jags, he's – It's not – yeah, I don't mean – He's, you know, not in, not in that city full-time. Sure. So it's a little bit harder for him. But he also I'm sure covers he, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm he sure he would have plate. some great insight on it as well. Absolutely. You know. But very, very great interview. I enjoyed speaking with Gary. Yeah, absolutely. I, but, man, this Urban Meyer situation, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say anymore. This is just – it's just it, – it almost feels like he doesn't want the job. I mean, that's – Listen, we've been doing our show about a year. Notice about the names we keep talking about. The, the stories don't change. The right. events may change, but the stories don't change. Urban Meyer's character, Kyrie Irving doing something strange, Anthony Davis getting, getting hurt. hurt. Absolutely. I was just going to say, last Joe. Aaron Rodgers saying crazy stuff. You know, it's the <laughs> same thing over and over again, besides the games. You know, all the peripheral stuff may be different. There may be a different situation sure. that happened that caused us to talk about it, but, you know, I feel like it's like one of those books, you know, the ending at this point. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're right. The stories are generally speaking the same and you're not wrong. It's all the, it's all the craziness. It's, that's the world of sports. So. Yeah. I just wonder, you know, with everything going on with this situation, you know, what do you do as an owner? Here you are, you invested a lot of money in this coach. 
I think the one thing that could save them in this situation is they could probably get out of his paycheck because they could probably use a, a, a moral clause in it. Sure. That's what I. That's what I would think. So if they wanted to do something, they probably could pull the trigger. You're right. Uh, but then again, we're talking about billionaires. But no, billionaires don't like to waste money either. So I don't know. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I mean, I get the feeling. That I I almost I feel bad saying it honestly, but for me, Shad Khan feels like he just he's only in it for the business side of things. He doesn't entirely care about winning because if you look at his track record his coaching staff you know the the way he let his teams just stink it's not a good track record it's actually terrible it's it's really really bad and it's to me at least if i were a jags fan or part of ownership or or even management i'd be thinking this guy is not a good good owner he's he's just he's not i mean jerry jones i mean at least he got some titles. I understand he's very he's become very complacent. At least I feel like with you know a lot of his time with with uh, uh, Jason Garrett, I, I felt like he was complacent with just being average. You think you really think so? Because I think oh, he tried absolutely. to give Garrett. I think he tried to bring in the pieces for Garrett no. for him to win because he absolutely. I think not. he liked him. He no. stuck with Garrett for so long because Garrett was the backup quarterback to Troy Aikman, so he was loyal to Garrett. It was different than a regular head You're coach. You're right, but, but but my point but not is, only is that, that they weren't winning. They, they, hold on, but JB, they didn't win. And eventually, if you keep bringing in pieces and your coach is still not winning games for you, don't you think it's time to move on? I agree with you, but to say he was complacent, complacent means you're not doing anything. He was doing things. He what was I mean by complacent, I meant he was complacent with Garrett. I'm not talking about with the team. Okay. I'm saying with Garrett. He was complacent with the fact that Garrett continued you mean this to get him. You mean exactly. This guy? He was complacent with the fact that Garrett could get them eight and eight, you know, or or somewhere in that range, maybe nine and seven, continually, year after year. And and for me, that's what I say is why I say he's complacent. And I feel like Khan is the same way. And again, it's it's not meant to be a slight or uh, to to attack anybody by any means, of course. But it's just it's a pattern, and it's it's one of those things. Kind of like you know, I use the, the Mets are a great example, right? Before they switched ownership to Steve Cohn, right? Now I admit Steve Cohn's start has not been great, but can't judge him too hard yet. With the Wilpons, they were very consistent with just being like, "We suck." We're we're a laughing stock. And yes, they made moves. I'm not saying they didn't make moves, but clearly they didn't make the right ones. They never went out and said, okay, here's the problem. We need to fix it. They just kind of put band-aids and said, well, maybe this will work. You know, and, and I think we can all agree. That's it's one of those things that they just it's there are some owners, I think, in sports that just say, you know what? I'm making money. This is a great revenue stream for me. I'm enjoying it, I guess. And I don't really care how my team does. Well, you see, Steve Cohen, uh, he's a billionaire. Most NFL owners are. Right. But he's not worried about the money. He wants to win. And that's what I mean. You, but but it's weird. He's on Twitter asking fans what you know the team should do. It's a different type of ownership. I don't know if I want my owner out on Twitter. Here's what I think. You know? I, I don't think he's uh, asking, and I'm, if there's any Mets fans that are listening, I hate to break it to you. I don't think he's asking because he actually cares. I, I really feel like the reason he's doing it, he's actually, and I if this is what he's doing, I think it would be really smart. I don't think it's for the reason that he wants to hear what the fans have to say in terms of what he should do, because I'm sure he knows what he wants to do and has a general idea of what he thinks he should do. 
I really think it's actually just to get the fans involved and to make the fans feel important and to bring people in and say, hey, I'm an owner who cares to listen to you. It doesn't mean that, you know, I don't think these fans truly believe he's going to take whatever they say and do something about it. I think he's just taking advantage of the digital age that we live in and saying, you know what? Jay, could you do me a favor? Could you put up a picture of the greatest owner of all times? I'll wait a minute while you find it. I know you better know who I'm talking about. Well, I think, I mean, I think it's a pretty obvious answer as, as to who you're talking about. And then I'll make my next statement once I see the picture of the man. I, Fourth I, I mean, of the 4th of July. Is, is there is there any specific picture you'd like or any just, picture? Just any picture. Okay. Any picture. I, th- I think this is a, a good picture of, of the man that we are both clearly. Th- There's no way we're thinking of somebody else. I know for a fact. John, we're thinking John may be thinking of somebody else. This has got to be who you're thinking of. But can you imagine him on Twitter? If he was if George he was Steinbrenner man, on Twitter. Can you just imagine the fun we would have if Twitter was around 30 years ago? You know, in 1990, when George was in his, towards the end of his heyday, uh, you know, be being the, the crazy owner that he was. Come that on, Judge, you got to admit, that would be, I mean, you would have just been bored, you've been a couple of years old, but just, I don't you've care. heard the George Steinbrenner stories. I'd love it. I mean, he I mean, is... he's not the greatest owner in all of sports, but he was pretty good. I mean, the you have to give it to the Roonies, right? I mean, the way they've run the ca- the Steelers for forever. Yeah. Oh, listen, I mean... the Roonies are like the Maras, one of the classiest owners of all time. They they run a, a phenomenal franchise, but I'm talking about entertainment value and will to win. The Roonies and the Maras are all about consistency. Not making changes. Look, look at Pittsburgh. How many coaches have they had in the last forty years? I mean, that is the model of consistency. I mean, and they work. The coaches are good too. But yes, yeah. I mean, can you imagine working for them? You never have to look for a job. You just continue to do your job. What a great feeling that must be. I mean, and as long as not you only don't, that, like, stink completely. You're right. And every one of their coaches that was there, you would say. Right now, they were one of the best coaches of their era. Oh, you might not say they're the best, but you will say that they're they were one of the best. Yeah, I'd say consistently you know? probably somewhere top five-ish. Now, somewhere along the lines, the Maras were kind of like that, but then they've been on the bad end of consistency where we kept yeah. Gettleman, you know, some coaches. Bad. But they run their organizations very similarly. It's just... Yes. I don't know why the Rudys have had better luck. It's loyalty. Loyalty is what it is. It's loyalty yeah. and consistency in terms of how they how they present themselves. But George, there was an entertainment value in him. Everybody everybody thinks bad of him or great of him. And I don't think he was There's either. no in-between. You know who's the closest owner in sports to George Steinbrenner? Let me see if you guys can guess. Can you There's guess one guy. Sport? Jerry. Exactly. Jerry Jones. Same okay. exact guy. You know, he wants to win. He'll do whatever he can to win. Like you said, he doesn't necessarily do the right thing because he's he's not Mr. Football. George wasn't Mr. Baseball. No, but his team's won. When he had the right people, he hired the right people, they did. But when he didn't, they were horrible. So, but to be fair, most of the time they were pretty good. They were, without a doubt. George had, uh, had a tendency to be pretty good. And he was entertaining, as is Jerry Jones. I would, you have, know? I think what I would have loved to see more than anything is the way he treated his players and have it be 
on social media because his whole, you know, no facial hair, right? None. Absolutely none. Imagine just that on social media would be amazing. Forget anything else that he ever did. Just that alone, I feel like would just be pure entertainment. No, I definitely agree. I just think it's a really interesting concept. And, you know, just think, out of the people, all the sports people in the world, George Steinbrenner on Twitter, I think, would have been the greatest thing in the world. He'd be fun. You're right. Speaking of ownership and, and coaches, you mentioned the Steelers, right? Is it? Well, not is it time. Let me rephrase this. Mike Tomlin is one of the greatest coaches of all time. I think that's a fair statement. 100% one of the greatest coaches in the last 20 years. But definitely, 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 when I say one of the greatest, I'm saying like top 20. I think 20 is is, is fair. You could see him being in top 20 coaches of all time. He's, He's a great coach. But, man, I have one question. If I could ask him anything right now. Why is Ben Roethlisberger still playing? I understand that he's given you championships. I understand he has been your quarterback for many years. I understand all of that. But, dude, he sinks. He is completely terrible. I'm convinced that the three of us could possibly go out there and play about the same as him right now. His arm, John, he was – look, last year we called him Noodle Arm, and it was funny. And we had fun with it because at least then – they were winning games, and they looked better than they do this year, right? Mm-hmm. This year, they look terrible in terms of offense. And more importantly, his arm looks beyond horrible. And if it wasn't bad enough, I'm sure we all saw it, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago now. I think it was week two. He threw to, into triple coverage. Literally, he ran to the right, towards the right uh, sideline, mm-hmm. and just just tossed it into triple coverage. And <laughs> all I could think was, dude, what are you doing? I know it's not easy to play football. I understand that. But are you like, is your arm shot and now your arm, your, your, your mind is going? Are you becoming senile and forgetting how to play football? Because that was terrible. I mean, I, I, I want to know though, why are they not benching him? What is it going to take to bench him? I'm not saying that they have... They don't have anything better. I, I was going to say, I don't think that they have much better... Mm-mm. But Ben Roethlisberger feels more like a liability at this point. That's the problem. He feels more like a liability. It's like than the Giants benching Eli. It just wasn't going to happen. John, you stole my thunder, John. I was going to say that. <laughs> I have. You're out of order, John. <laughs> what is he out of order? Why is he out of order? He was. He was smart. He, <sighs> he, stole, he stole my thunder. <laughs> say what you were going to say. I'm listening. You could still say it. I mean, it's really like the Giants benching Eli. Do you want to be that guy that benched Ben? And Ben was also hurt a couple of weeks ago, so I don't know. Maybe he's injured. But, yes, I don't think he should be playing. That's my Here's what opinion. I'll say in, in defense of Eli. Now, I, I'm i not saying Eli should have kept playing. No. Not the argument. But there's two things. First of all, Eli at least could throw the ball still. He may not have been great. He might, I'm, I'm not trying to argue that he was some great quarterback still. I'm not arguing that. Not even not even going to consider Never was. Well, hold on. Whoa. I'm going to ignore that for a second. But his arm strength was relatively still there, especially compared to what we're seeing from Ben, right? Eli was not, was not a mobile quarterback 
Ben's not really the most mobile quarterback. He's better, but not great. But Eli could at least throw somewhat of a deep ball. Again, I'm not saying he was amazing. I'm not trying to argue that he was, you know, still like at his prime. I'm just saying in terms of his arm strength, things were better. He looked at least better than what I believe we're seeing in Ben Roethlisberger. And two, here's the other thing. Who was the Giants' backup at the time? I believe it was Geno Smith. Now, I'm not arguing that Geno uh, – that rather uh, what the Pittsburgh Steelers have in their backups is better – or rather is good, but I am going to argue it's better. I would say Dwayne Haskins at least has the advantage of being young and at least has the ability to improve. At his age, he could become a franchise quarterback if given the proper coaching and improves a good amount. That's It's a lot of ifs, but I'm just saying. Geno Smith was never going to become anything more than a backup, and it was clear. So the only only argument I have against it really is Eli wasn't nearly as bad. He wasn't good, but he wasn't nearly as bad. He was slightly less of a liability. And B, the Steelers at least have an okay backup, better than Geno Smith. They have really something to turn to that could become potential if coached right and improved in the right ways. That's the thing. For me, the Steelers have something at least. I would, I mean, look, or even Mason Rudolph, who is their second string, he's the backup quarterback. I'm not saying he's good. I'm not saying that. John, say it out loud, John. Say it. No, he's he's bad. He's really, really bad. And and that's fine. But for me, me, here's here's the thing, though. For me, if I'm the Steelers, I would rather throw those guys out there just to just try and improve them. No, because here's the thing. Your quarterback play can't get much worse. <laughs> have you watched Mason Rudolph play? Of course I have. <laughs> it was I have a question. Is, is Mason Rudolph's play as bad as Garrett Cole the playoffs? Oh, yes. Oh, why don't you talk about the Yankees game tonight, please? I'm curious how this is going. We don't want to talk about the Yankee game tonight. Well, you just brought it up. Yeah, that was on you, JB. I don't know why you did that. I, I wasn't That's talking like, about the game. That was like a practical just... burst kind of move. Just... I, I just well, speaking of Garrett Cole, I'm curious how I, he did. I just said, is, he, is he as bad as Garrett Cole in the playoffs? Well, I don't know. And, you and tell yes, me. Yes. Well, Garrett Cole, it's the playoffs. The guy can't pitch. They're losing. He's giving up hits. We know how I feel about $40 million giving up hits in a game. Not only did he give up hits, he's giving up runs. Three that's their boss. Top of the fifth. I got, I got one thing to tell you. Two words. Sticky stuff. That is all. Forty million dollars, playoffs. One hit, too many. Three runs. Getting beat way by too Nathan Evaldi, uh, former Yankees. Should have put. Should have put anybody else out there. But I'm that, loving this. Point. I'm enjoying it. I know, right? Not making the playoffs is a fun place to be. Hey, you'll be in the same boat as us. We'll just have a better draft pick. Uh, we made the playoffs. But we'll be in the same boat next year, going in, in the offseason with no championship. Oh, Thirty-one of the one of the teams will be in that boat, so it's okay. I mean, it's the way it goes. It's the way it goes. You, not everybody can win. Only one team can win. This hey. is the this this Yankees team is not a championship team. I told it's you not. they were going to make the playoffs with it at the trade deadline where they got Rizzo and Gallo. No question about that. But I told you the Rays. I told you the Rays were winning the division before the season started, and you guys didn't believe me. Yeah, I admit I didn't. Two years in a row, JB, I believe I told you that the Rays were winning the division. If you want to bet the chalk in life, you don't look <laughs> at anybody. 
if I bet the race two years in a row, I would have money. But you didn't. I'm not a betting man. Well, that's on you. Thank you. <laughs> but getting Bye. back to what I was saying, seriously, it's time to bench Ben. I'm, I'm not, look, I'm not in favor of starting Mason Rudolph. I'd rather you start Haskins. That's honest, my, my honest opinion. I think your, Mason Rudolph should be your third quarterback and Haskins should be your backup. But that's semantics. It, it I doesn't got to really watch, matter. It I got doesn't to really matter. Both of them at the Hall of Fame game, and uh, it was bad. It they're was only preseason, I know but it was. I, I mean, know they're I, not good quarterbacks. I, I couldn't. I couldn't watch it. It was so bad. But and it was only preseason. That, hold on, but my point is, you can't get much worse. So you might as well just throw them out there because worse comes worse, you get a good draft pick. You pick up a new quarterback and get rid of the old man because you know what? Look, you bring in another old man next year, number twelve. Yeah, but, my thing is, it hurt me to lose Eli. I know it did. And it, it, I was sad when Daniel Jones took over because I'm a Giants fan and I love Eli. But I know it was the right choice. Eventually, he had to be sat. And when you become more of a liability than uh, you know, a, a, an enabler or, or, or rather a winning factor, right, it's time to be sat. And that's, but that's just – In all honesty, it, when Eli was benched, right, you have to look no. at it this way. Not, when not, no, got, not when he was benched for Geno right. Smith. I'm talking about when he was – I just want to make sure we're clear. Not when he was benched for Geno Smith because that was just but BS. E- either time, though. No, that was if BS they, because that was stupid. If they, had, if they had a line at that point, he probably could have still started. The problem with Eli was Agreed. he was not mobile at all. His arm wasn't bad. He was getting rid of the ball ridiculously you. quick because he was getting a kill otherwise. Yeah. So, but you also had OBJ to hit on those slants, those, you know, slant miss calls. You know, he was just trying to hit G- OBJ, hoping he would take one to the house. That was basically their only weapon. Well, the main right, reason but, it was is because of the lack of an offensive line. He didn't have time for plays to really develop downfield. And I'm not saying he was going to go throw a 40, 50-yard bomb, but even 15, 20 yards downfield, he didn't necessarily have that much time to let those plays truly develop. That's part of the problem. And I think – that's something JV would very much agree about is he didn't get the time he needed. He was getting probably on average two or three seconds. Not enough. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, it, it's sad when you look at that because he still probably could have played another couple of years had he had a line. Yeah. I, I don't think he would have been as good as he was years before. Agreed. But I think it would have been serviceable, and I think yeah. he would have won some games still. And with Saquon – with adding Kenny Galladay this year, I mean, I'm not, I'm not certain he'd still be there this year. I, I don't know, but I'm just, you know, assuming he was playing at the level that he was when he retired, with a good offensive line, team could be okay. It, it, I'm not saying they'd be amazing. They'd be okay. And I will say this: we're going to talk about the Giants real quick. First of all, they won this week. Very impressive. I'm shocked they won. I truly felt like they might lose every single game this season. Uh, I, I said that I think last week, and I still held true to that. I, I truly believe that. Um, Daniel Jones, I think it's time for me to just give him a, a minor amount of credit. I'm not going to sit here and say he's this godly quarterback, but hey, last two last two three weeks, improved play. I'm impressed. I'm 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 not going to go out and try and say that he's the best quarterback. None of that, you know, none of that silliness, but. I got to say, Daniel Jones looked better. He, he's improving. He's making smarter decisions. And 
the last three weeks have actually been pretty decent. I mean, his passer rating all season has been above a 90. I'm happy about that. The last three games, his completion percentage has been over 68. Happy about that. He's throwing decent amount of yards. He's throwing touchdowns, and he's not throwing interceptions. Or he's really in general, he's not turning over the he's not turning the ball over. Week one, he fumbled once and lost it against Atlanta. He didn't lose any fumbles, so I mean, he fumbled twice, but he didn't lose it. So that's what I really care about. Ultimately, he didn't cost us stuff. And this week, he didn't have any problems either. He threw one interception, but the interception, if you know when it was, it meant nothing because it was on a hail mary play. So I don't really care. It's it's to me that's a it's a blemish, but I don't really care because he threw the interception oh, on a hail mary. So it doesn't to me those are kind of interceptions that just are you they are get you tacked sold on. He can win? Are you sold that he can win? I'm not. I'm not gonna say I'm sold he can win, but I'm sold that he can that he has potential, and he he can unlock said potential. That's what I'm sold on. That's it. It's as simple as that. That he has potential. Simple as that. That the Giants weren't entirely wrong in saying that he has some potential. I'm not saying he's going to be a franchise quarterback. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there is potential. And they were right that there is potential there. That's all. Simple as that. Because he's showing flashes of having an ability to be a good quarterback. The problem is, I don't know how long it's going to last. And it's not enough sample size based on everything else I've seen to say, yeah, he's, he's he's a starter. He's a guaranteed starter, set him and forget him kind of guy. You know, just leave him out there and I trust him. I'm not there yet. I am saying I feel a little more confident in him just in the, in the way he's playing this season. I feel a little better. No, I, John, I feel better than what I saw last few seasons. That's all. doesn't mean I feel great about him. I said no. I feel better. It, it's going from feeling really terrible to slightly less terrible. That's all it is. It's false hope. I mean, the team is not good. Hold on. I didn't, hold on. I didn't say anything about the team being good. I just said he doesn't suck as bad. That's all. I'm not – I'm not making any arguments that this team is going anywhere yeah. or that it means much. It, it simply is saying to me, hey, you know what? He's improving. And that's a fact. I I, I, don't, I doubt either of you could argue with me that he's improving at least. No, I, I don't know how they beat the Saints. I have no idea. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the Saints I'm are happy. a bad team. Saquon Barkley. The Saquon Barkley out. looked very good. Saquon but- is back. More interesting, the the Jets won a game. I mean, I, I grant, granted Tennessee, I think, cost themselves the game. They beat some guys out, you know. But wow, uh, I'm in shock. You know, both, and that's the first time both teams ever ever won in overtime. Both New York teams um, in the same week ever. There was a lot of New York wins this weekend, actually. Bills, Giants, Dang. Jets, and Yankees all won the same day. I don't want to talk Yankees. Forty million dollars. Forty million dollars. All You're I'm gonna saying bring up is, Redmond. all I'm don't, saying don't is, it's set, pretty impressive. Don't, don't send me down that road. Forty not, million dollars for two innings. All I said all is, all the teams, all the teams won. Forty the same million day. dollars an inning. Do you realize they could have got a, they could have added whatever. They could have put a petting zoo inside Yankee Stadium. It would have been cheaper. <laughs> And it would have been worth more money. Yeah. Waste of money, this guy. Sticky stuff, man. Sticky stuff. So one of the few times I've heard the New Yorker come out and you. $20 million per inning. You... Not, hold on. Hold on. I love it. Not dollars, dollars. 
Dollars. Normally you don't dollars. have normally you don't have that awful New York, New York accent. Normally. Because because there's some anger in these words. Listen, the Yankees and the Giants and St. John's basketball. When the three of them lose, I am not happy. Any other team, they can lose. I don't care. The Nets can lose. The Knicks can lose when I was a Knicks fan. The Rangers can lose when I was a Ranger fan. The Islanders can lose. But the Yankees, the Giants, and St. John's basketball, they lose. I get angry because it's bad. Rightfully so. You know, those teams should not be losing. Rightfully so. $20 million an inning. I enjoy it. John, Glad you enjoy it, John. Thank the you. three of us in our lifetime haven't made twenty million dollars. He got forty million this year. Eventually, close. The playoff game. Eventually, not potentially. Up to this. I said eventually. Eventually, eventually we'll get there. Eventually. Yes, yes, but inflation—it's not going to be worth as much. No. Today's money, twenty million dollars an inning, John. Think about it. The three of us in our lifetime haven't made twenty million dollars. He got forty million this year. <laughs> Bad contract, as I've said from day one. I'm not going to argue with you at this point. <laughs> Sad Yankee fans are my favorite. I mean, that's yeah. just. I, I'm I glad mean, you're enjoying yourself. I'm, at least I'm become, really. At least really our franchise is respectable. That's all. Anyway, uh, anything else that we want to talk about? I'm not upset. We oh. have potential rookie of the year, so yeah, that's yeah. a win in my books. Kyrie Irving not allowed to practice. I knew you were going to say that. We've got to talk about it. I mean, that's a big, big news story. He's Actually, not vaccinated, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's not allowed to practice. He missed practice today. Reason for not practicing? He's not allowed to go to. The, he's not allowed to be at home games. Anything? Yes. As long as they're Re- home. Reason for missing practice: DNV did not vaccinate. New designation. Look, I understand that everybody has a personal choice, and I understand that. Fine. But there are rules, and it's very simple. Either you follow them or you don't. If you don't, these are the consequences. They're clearly written out. Get the vaccine and shut up. I'm not trying to tell people what to do with their – It's safety. It's a safety issue. That's what they believe. If you force force somebody to get it, I think that's stupid. So they are not forcing him to get it. They're forcing him. Come on, they're twisting his arm. Nope. Come on, you know nope. that what they're doing. Absolutely not. You know they're saying you can't play. You can't play with us. Why would the Nets do what we hold want? On. Why would the Nets tell their own star player you can't play? That would be stupid. That's so what no, they're, they're doing. Why would they do that no. in terms of this, this, the way you're describing it? They wouldn't. This they're is doing the NBA. This is the NBA and the Players Association that have come to the agreement to protect their players. Harry Irving is one of their players. They want to protect all of their players. Do I agree that he should get vaccinated? That's his decision. I've made my no, it's decision. Not. It's clearly it not. Is. It is. It's not his decision if he's if he doesn't have choice. He does he, have a choice. No, he does have a choice. He's, if he had a choice, on, he would be John, able to do it on. or not. He's hold being forced to John, do it. John, does he have to get the vaccine? Is there a law or somebody saying you must get the vaccine or you die? Some you just on, said yes the NBA no. is forcing him to I get said, it. I said or die is, is just yes or no. He's going to lose his job, exactly. his career. No, he's not. Yeah, he's yeah. never going to play in the NBA. He on the road. How are you going to play a professional play sport if you never practice? He can play on the road. He just can't play in Brooklyn. That's it. Well, said he he chose it though. Play. It's his choice. John, it's his choice. No. It's, it's John. 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 It's free will, John. 
You're, no, you're, it's not. It's it is. this is not free Trump, will. Does he have the option to get the vaccine or not? Just yes or no. Forget the NBA. I does he have a choice? Yes or no to get it? No. He doesn't. Really? No, they're forcing no. him. I said forget the NBA, and you didn't, so you didn't listen. Forget the NBA exists right now. Does he have a choice to get it or not? The answer is I like yes. He has a choice. He's my favorite. He has a choice outside of the NBA. But if he doesn't get it, he loses his career. So hold on. So you're so you just said exactly what I'm pointing out. He has a choice. Doesn't I told you forget about the NBA. At the end of the day, there is a choice. Get it or don't get it. He's okay. not so how do you it. feel if you lose your career because you don't get a vaccine that you don't believe in? It's it's okay. happening to I, a lot of people right now. But it shouldn't. But it shouldn't. But it should. Why? If, they uh, believe, if a union agrees that this is a safety issue, then that's the way it is. They all agreed. Jake, you're quick on Twitter. Check out Andrew Wiggins. Did he get vaccinated? No. Because he said he wasn't going to get vaccinated. Nope. He wasn't he playing. Okay, so he played the other night. So I'm curious if he got vaccinated. To my knowledge, I haven't heard anything about him getting vaccinated yet. No, and I was curious because I thought he was going to be held out because he wasn't vaccinated. Because was Again, it a road Jefferson, game? I don't remember. I didn't see it. Probably so a road close. game. You know that that was guess. my that was my question. Was he, a was uh, it a road game? He's vaccinated. Is he? Yep. Because I hadn't heard anything. Wow. Yep. He's so Kyrie is the only one left. Rizzo. He was declined. He was declined a religious exemption, and he got vaccinated. Which I think is shenanigans. Rizzo, I'm behind you, but that makes me happy. Um, so anyway, so far, two of the three home runs in this game have been by X Cubs. <laughs> there should be three home runs or four home runs, rather. Just saying, Green Monster just cheated us, but whatever. Anyway, uh, we're not going to get run that. run out the hit. Don't be lazy. That's fine. I don't disagree. I'm just saying it was still cheated. All right, at the point we're, we're getting off topic. The point is, he has a choice not to get it. Yes, Andrew Wiggins. Chose it's not to go a real choice. But it's it, not it, a real got, choice. Taking away, taking no, away somebody's... Okay. I thought uh, he did. I just wasn't sure. He did. Taking away somebody's opportunity to make Doesn't money. Doesn't matter. That's, that's, uh, not, that's a not a choice. That's, that's Yes, it is. That's communism right there. there and I don't no, believe. it's... Uh, John, yeah. John, 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 hold on. Don't believe does Kyrie, no, does Kyrie Irving have to play basketball? No. That's his, his career. It doesn't matter. Hold on. People change careers. So don't give me that. So, don't give me, don't get, no, 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 just listen. He doesn't on. have to play basketball. He chooses to play basketball because that's what he likes to do. And that's great. Good for him. He is choosing not to get the vaccine, which is essentially choosing not to play basketball because the rules are in place. He's choosing not to follow the rules. Okay. That's his so problem. Last year ours. when they played basketball and they weren't vaccinated, what was the issue then? They played basketball without vaccines and there was no so, issue. There were so, John, rules question for you. Do you also, have, the vaccine hadn't been created at the beginning of the what season, about, if you don't recall. What about to go to school in, in your your city and state, and colleges? Didn't you have to have vaccines? Sidekick Lefty makes an excellent point. That, what, you what you what have all those vaccines? vaccines. Whatever ones, the measles, mumps, rubella. It's completely different. How is it different? Why, different? why is that different? Why is that different? Because this is a life-threatening thing that is a we're in a pandemic because of it we're not in a pandemic because of the measles or the mumps you know or why anything we're not, like John? that 
Let me take this one. Let me take this one. <laughs> but, let me take, you know why we're not in a pandemic for those things anymore? Because people have vaccines because, that help eradicate them. That's but like those weren't developed in six months. This, this was developed in six months. Vaccines take 10 to 15 better? years to fully develop. You don't think science is better nowadays than it was way back when? And COVID-19 is basically one of the same it's type of viruses. For many years. It's just it mutated. So they knew what the COVID was. It's in the same classification of virus as the rest of the COVID family. So creating a vaccine for it, I don't think was something that was as difficult as one must, as like when they first encountered measles or polio or things like that, where it was something completely new. That's why I'm not so worried about the time frame of them creating it. I am. And I don't believe it. And I, I support people like Kyrie Irvin, who, um, and, if and they don't believe right, that, they should you be able to right believe to, that. Because guess what? That is your choice. Yes. But don't don't say that you should be allowed to play in the NBA when they have rules. I think those are should. the rules. No. I, John, listen. we all hold on. We all have rules. You have to have certain vaccinations for certain things. This is no different. You can give me all the information you want, and I will listen to it, and that's fine. It wasn't made in six months. It was made in over a year, if I recall, first of all. Second of all, more importantly, the only way to combat a virus and a pandemic is immunity, herd immunity. That's the way it works. That's what the NBA is looking to do. The more people that are vaccinated, the less likelihood we are to spread, get sick, cause death, or other things of that nature. It's the rule they came up with. Kyrie Irving, it's pretty simple. Either get it or don't. Uh, we, di we didn't have any problem getting through an NBA season last year, did we? We didn't have any did. problem getting through an NFL season last year, did we? Well, you're acting we, like we didn't miss any games. Right, well, everything was played. Hold on, hold on. You want to talk about that, John? Hold on. You want to talk about NFL? That's why uh, we had, what was it? It was uh, they played every single game. The they played every single game. They had, they had like a wide receiver. Playing quarterback? I mean, come on. That's okay. That's people ludicrous. are still vaccinated now and are missing games. So how does this vaccination stop? Stop what's going on? How does it make you it play more? It doesn't. It, it, it doesn't, doesn't stop. stop it. That's not John, the point it, of it. it. It deters the serious effects of it, Joe. Okay, yes. but people are still missing games. Right, because it's not because they're sick. It's because they don't want to spread it to other people. That's a precautionary we're, we're not, measure. That's not. not that's not how the vaccine works, buddy. I know how the vaccine works. I'm oh, just saying you, we know, got through an NFL like season that. and we got through an NBA season without this stuff. And now all of a sudden we have to have it, even though we already got through it without forcing John, these guys to get John, it last we, year. We got through the season, but we also had fourth string quarterbacks, guys that shouldn't even be playing quarterback, playing quarterback in the NFL. You big had deal. Teams had to put, you had to, it is a big, big deal. deal. If you would bother me, you'd be upset. Wow. You know it. Okay. You are out of order. Out of order. He Everybody is. goes through it just like injuries. Everybody going through it. So I have no problem. What about what about the guy? What team was he on that almost died that had that bad reaction? Was it well, the Jaguars? I forget who it was. It wasn't really talked about much. I don't, I don't recall. It was one guy that had bad respiratory problems. Um, Zeke had COVID, if I'm correct. Played horrible after that. I asked Jason Tatum, who's still having trouble breathing after having COVID. Uh, still have respiratory issues. So there's a lot of different people that have had bad side effects who've had it. So if you could get a vaccine that would lessen the 
the effect of a virus, you wouldn't want to do that? No. Okay. I'm good. Whatever. Listen, yep, good. whatever works for you. But if they tell you, John, you can't play in the NBA in New York City if you don't have your vaccine. That's, but that's by the rule means, they have set in place. You got to follow the by rules. By all means, go to Milwaukee. You can play there. All right. That's what I would do. And that's fine. Oh, so you just proved our point. God, are you Hold kidding on. me? Uh-oh. This is, I mean, it's shenanigans. That's just me. Uh-oh, JB's that's upset. That's the reaction I want. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm so upset. What happened? Live on the air. I love it. Notice oh, that's twice! Go. That's twice off the wall for Stanton! Wait, just keep watching. Keep watching. Oh, that was a bad play. Keep watching. That was stupid. That was stupid. I saw it. Hey, as long as you guys are losing, I'm happy. Notice there was no no reaction that can't be played on the air. Judge thrown out at home. I'm happy about that. I appreciate that one, JB. What? Gotta, gotta keep it professional. I, I appreciate the PG. Ten outs ago. That was an uh, impressive slide. He almost he almost got it. Now this is where I long for old school baseball where you could have just ran over the catcher. I agree. I missed that. I mean, listen, I'm not saying that he would have been safe because catchers half the time how long well half that the too. time did it. But, you know, I missed that. I agree. Well, when Buster Posey uh, shattered his ankle into a million pieces, how often did they that changed happen? it. How, no, I know, but how often did that happen? And I, it sucks yeah. for Posey. Yeah, and I, and I oh. understand that role because of safety. I mean... You're trying to take the collisions out of the game, so I understand it. So wait, I'm, do you, like you remember the Pete Rose story with Ray Fossey, who was a All-Star catcher? I believe it was mm-hmm. the Cleveland Indian mm-hmm. All-Star game. Pete Rose coming to the plate, and Jake, you can, that's probably on YouTube if you want to look for that. So you can watch it real quick. If you could find that All-Star game, Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle, psychopath in an All-Star game. <laughs> Plowed the catcher down in a game that means nothing. Basically destroyed his career after that. I think I remember hearing about that. I think. Yeah, Ray Fawcett. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I'm gonna get it first in about two seconds because that's what I do. It, it, it's listen. I I don't see it in an All Star game. I get you always play to win, but it's an All Star game. You ruined the guy's career. This I agree. This is a playoff game. I'd like to see the guy, the catcher, get run over. And I would feel the same way because I always thought Posada, when you could run over the catcher, played very um, weak. He was a very – it was like he was trying to avoid contact. Uh, and I was never a Jorge Posada fan. I don't know about you, Jake. I like him. I was never a fan. All right. Well, here, I'll, I'll play that for you because you were – you wanted to see it. So, here you go. I got it. Keep in mind, this was an all-star game. That's just rude. Here it is again. And boom. Boom. There you go. They didn't have the padding they have today either. No, not at all. So, I mean, uh, my question about that is, what is wrong with Pete Rose? It's an all-star game. You really want to ask that question, what's wrong with Pete Rose? Future Hall of Famer once he dies. Probably. He, he, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He's the hit kick. 
Mm-hmm. Just like Barry Bonds is the home run king. Is. I don't really acknowledge that record. Wow. Yeah. They just ran us out of that inning. What? They ran us out of that inning with that stupid. Why he was trying to score on that play? I don't know. It's bad baseball. I mean, you have one out, guy on second and third, keep keep the advantage. You don't, you know, you're down by right, two. Right, it's right. not like it's a ninth inning, you know. Winner take all game. situation. Yeah. yeah. High game, I can understand it. No. I don't know. I don't know. Nope. All uh, right. You do the smart thing, but yeah. Whatever. All right, guys. Do you have anything That's... else going on? That do? Nope. That's it for me. Um, If you're watching live, Check out this weekend. Make sure you downloaded DBNA television. Uh, should be on this weekend. Yeah, I believe four in the morning. Uh, Good start. Four a.m. <laughs> we could start your day with a cup of coffee on the East Coast. Go oh. on the West Coast. You're getting in for the bars of the clubs, like Turn Urban Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> Turn us on. Enjoy. Enjoy us before bed. East Coast. Right before we go to the gym, we wake up nice and hyped. Start your day we'll get us. you going in the morning. So it all depends where you are. If you're in the Midwest, listen, you'll catch us on a replay. DVR it. There you go. DVR streaming? I don't know. I don't think. But otherwise, this is JB's old man brain not understanding (laughs) technology, but that's okay. Otherwise, it's all in last place games that he has in fantasy. Um, Actually, I beat somebody this week, Mister Mister Shula. uh, By the way, our fan (laughs) league, you're dead last. You're dead last uh, in our fan league, and, and you have the least amount of points scored. All right, move on. We're we're through wrap up, here, gentlemen. Who got spanked this week, buddy? J- All right, JB let's let's finish the program the wrap up, on Twitter. JB underscore the Twitter on program. Beating the heck out of John. What, what, what was fantasy. that? Hold on. What was that? <laughs> JB underscore the Twitter on the program. Is that what I heard? <laughs> I believe. I believe you said that wrong. Let's try that again. One more time for us. <laughs> JB underscore the program on Twitter. There you go. Much better. There we Old go. man brain. Take, take care of John in fantasy wherever we play. John, where can they find you? <laughs> you can find me Fox Sports 1340 AM. Cardiac Kane on Fansided. Finn Fanatic on Fansided. Sports Arena Monday and Wednesday nights, 10 Eastern Time. NFL Carousel, 7 to 8 Thursday nights, Eastern Time. And then, of course, the most important place with the most important face, Sideline Sports on DBNA Television. Saturdays, I believe, 4 a.m. right now. Well, Cup of coffee going, and Sideline Sports. I mean, you can't we, argue with we that. We'll be going weekly very soon. Don't forget mm-hmm. that. Daily. Daily. Yeah. Or, that's what I mean. Daily. Thank you. Not weekly. Daily. Thank you. Um, Every right, day, guys. 4 a.m. Wake yeah. up. Who hey. wouldn't want to wake up with this face? Oh, I wouldn't, but, you know, that's fine. Anyway, um, you guys can find me on Twitter at Jake underscore Malik. You can find me on Facebook, all the social media. Just look Uh-oh. me up. More importantly, Sideline Sports is on Instagram and Twitter, as you see across the bottom, at Sideline Sport 1. YouTube is Facebook. Just look up Sideline Sports. More, Most importantly, probably, is we're on DBNA Television, and you might be watching us on DBNA Television Network right now. And if so, hi, how you doing? Happy to see you guys. Uh Tuesday nights, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, all that. We're Just check us out. And uh, you never know where we're going to pop up. We, we say it all the time. Never know where we're going to show up. We just, we're just everywhere. Maybe, you, maybe if you're in, uh, in New Jersey, you might see me at the Giants-Rams game in uh, about two weeks. That's week seven, I believe. Uh, week six or seven. You might see me there. Who knows? Never know. Never know. 
We're all uh, over the place. Santa Claus place. got nothing on us. Anything else before we go? That's Last cool. thoughts? John, I know what you're thinking. Don't say it. <laughs> all right, then if that's it, everybody have a good night or good morning, depending on when you're watching us, and we uh, will see you guys next time. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baclaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there.